Welcome to the Columbus Connection, a weekly public affairs program produced in, for, and about Columbus County, North Carolina. Now here's your host, the managing editor of Columbus County News, Jefferson Weaver. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Columbus Connection. This is Jefferson Weaver from ColumbusCountyNews.com. We're going to do things a little bit different this week. We're not going to worry about politics. We're not going to worry about issues. We're just going to worry about Christmas. I want to start off with a story for you today. This is some folks through the years have enjoyed my stories about Paula the Super Possum. And we have one for you this year as well. This one is called Paula and Tucker. Once upon a time, there was a possum named Paula. She was an unusual possum because she could fly. Her friends all called her the Super Possum. So her mother made Paula a cape. After all, every superhero needs a cape. Paula loved flying around on Christmas Eve, looking at all the pretty lights. She got to be good friends with Santa Claus, and they had many adventures together, fighting the evil weasels and the mean coyotes. This is the story of how she became friends with Tucker the deer. Tucker was just a little newborn fawn when his mom disappeared one day. He didn't know what happened to her. She'd made a nice nest for him to hide in, way out in a big green field, but when she didn't come back, he became scared. He spent a whole day and a whole night by himself, shivering, before he became desperately scared. He was very hungry and began crying. Suddenly a shadow fell over him and Tucker stopped crying. He stayed very still. Well, hello, little dear, the little girl said. Are you lost? Tucker didn't know what to do. He'd never seen a human, but this one seemed nice. He didn't struggle when she picked him up. The little girl carried him to a house where there were goats, dogs, and chickens, and cats, and other animals. She called toward the house and another human, Tucker guessed it was her mother, came outside. I guess we have to raise him now, the woman said. Your daddy is not going to be very happy with you. The woman warmed up a bottle of milk. Tucker was so hungry he didn't even care that it didn't taste just like his mama's. The little girl was called Lily. She named the dear Tucker and they became very dear friends. He lived in the house until he got too big. Then Lily's daddy made him stay outside. Then one day a nice man in a truck came by and had a long talk with the humans. The man scratched Tucker's head but Tucker could tell something was wrong. His little girl was crying and hugging his neck. Look, the nice man said, I understand they're wild animals. They aren't pets. Officer, I know, Lily's daddy said. We're just trying to help. Is there any way you can go to a zoo or something? I'm going to try, the officer said. He's a nice little deer, but the law is the law. The man reached for Tucker, and like a flash, he was gone. Tucker ran as he had never run before. He jumped the fence to the goat pen, went around the horses, went past the chicken coop, crossed the creek in one giant leap. He dodged through the pine trees and across a field. He ran faster and faster and faster. He ran all day and didn't stop until the sun was setting. That's when he realized that he was lost. I want to go home, he said, but I don't know where home is. You're a deer, said a deep voice coming from a tree limb above him. The woods are your home. Who, who, who is there? Tucker said, shivering. A big owl seemed to float down from the tree. He stood in front of Tucker and sighed. Everybody always makes the who jokes, he grumbled. I'm Hooty. I didn't mean to make a joke, sir, Tucker said. I'm Tucker. I've been watching you for an hour, Hooty said. You've been running in circles. Are the coyotes chasing you? No, sir. A man was coming to take me away from my humans, so I ran away. You're humans. Deer don't have humans, son. They have dogs and cats and horses and pigs and cows and goats, but they don't have humans. Well, I have humans. They raised me from a baby. I see, Hootie said. Well, good luck finding them. Humans don't usually raise baby deer. My humans are special, Tucker said. Well, good luck, Hootie said, and flew off into the night. Tucker never found his humans. He learned what to eat and how to run from coyotes, but he was lonely. 
The other deer in the woods thought he was strange, and they wouldn't spend time with him. Whenever they saw a human, they ran away. But Tucker always held back, hoping maybe it was one of his humans looking for him. One freezing night during the month of the longest night, Tucker sat by the edge of a field and just fell apart. He began crying. I don't know how to be a deer, he said. I don't have any friends. I just don't know what to do. Tears streamed from his big brown eyes. Paula the super possum was flying past the field when she saw Tucker sitting there at the edge, and there were coyotes sneaking across the field towards him. Paula turned to one side and raced high into the air and then went into an angled dive going faster and faster and faster. The coyotes were watching Tucker and they didn't see Paula until she flew between them, throwing corn cobs at them. It's the super possum! One of the coyotes yelled, run for your lives! And they all three ran away as fast as they could. Tucker jumped up, sniffling, ready to run, not sure where to go. Paula slowed down and began hovering in front of him. Howdy, Paula said. I'm Paula. They call me the super possum. I didn't know possums could fly, Tucker said. Well, they tell me I'm special, Paula said. Are you okay? What are you doing out here in the middle of nowhere crying on Christmas Eve? What's Christmas Eve, Tucker said. It's Christmas Eve, the night before Christmas. Santa Claus brings gifts to children, and humans celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Animals and humans can talk to each other, if we listen very carefully. And the animals of the forest, well, they don't like me, Tucker said. I was raised by humans. I don't know how to be a deer, but I can't be a pet like dogs and cats. And I really don't like the goats. They smell bad. Goats can stink, Paula agreed, but I know some pretty cool goats. Bucky and Sally are cool. They're friends of mine, and they know Santa Claus, too. This Santa, do you think he knows my little girl? Her name is Lily. Santa knows every little boy and girl in the world, Paula said. He knows a lot of the animals, too. He even drives a sleigh that's pulled by a deer. You mean deer like me? Now, what's a sleigh? It's, it's complicated, Paula said. Look, I think I can help you out a little bit if you want. I'd appreciate that, Tucker said. I'm going to introduce you to some friends of mine. Then we'll see if we can find your lily. At the very least, we should be able to find Santa. Paula looked at her wristwatch, then up at the moon. She squinted and figured a little bit. Then she pointed at her trail through the woods. Follow me, she said, and flew down the path. Deep in the woods, one of the coyotes rubbed his ear where a corn cob had whacked him. How did that deer turn out to be a friend of Paula's, he snapped. The other coyote shrugged. She knows everybody, boss. What's that smell? It's me, came a high-pitched voice from the bushes. And me, and me, boss coyote shook his head. What's up, weasels? Shouldn't you be harassing Santa Claus? If we could find him, we would, one of the weasels hissed. Then we have a foolproof plan this time. We just have to follow Paula. She'll lead, him right, lead us right to him. What do you do after that? One of the coyotes asked. We'll figure that part out later. If you'll let us ride on your backs, we'll handle Paula, and you can have the deer for your supper. The boss coyote stood up and nodded to the weasels. Climb aboard, he growled. Like most owls, Hootie liked being by himself and thinking. Sometimes he would talk to the other owls, and sometimes their conversations last long into the night. Hootie made it a point to watch the young, confused deer as often as possible. He kind of felt sorry for him. He didn't always let Tucker know he was around, since he wanted Tucker to learn how to be a deer and not to get confused that he might think he's an owl. A wild animal is supposed to be a wild animal, Hootie said to himself. We're not the same. God made us different than the other critters. Hootie was in his favorite tree, counting the stars, when out of the corner of his eye he saw Tucker and Paula the super possum on the trail. He'd never met Paula personally, but he knew her to be a pretty good person for a possum. She helped a lot of the forest folk. Suddenly, Hootie's great big eyes caught something on the trail behind Tucker. It was a pack of coyotes, and on their back were weasels. Not on my watch, Hootie said. Almost there, Paula said. I hope so, Tucker said. I don't mean to complain, but I'm very hungry. I have some cookies, Paula said. 
She had just turned to pull a cookie out of her pouch when she saw the coyotes running toward them. We have you now, one of the weasels snarled. The coyotes yipped and howled. They were going to have deer and possum for Christmas Eve supper. We'll be right back with more of our story. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478. Welcome back, folks. This is Jefferson Weaver with Columbus Connection. We're doing a special Christmas edition this year. If you're just tuning in, Paula the Super Possum and her new friend Tucker the Deer are trying to escape the coyotes and the evil weasels. Out of nowhere, a shadow flew silently down the path and smacked into the chasing animals. Weasels and coyotes flew everywhere. Paula saw feathers floating in the night. Run, Tucker! Run, Paula! Hootie shouted. The big owl stood in the middle of the path, clicking his beak and hissing. His wings were four feet wide, and he looked ferocious. We'll eat you, too, the lead weasel snarled. Not today, you won't. Paula looked around, and there was Bucky the goat, Happy Jack the dog, Melanie the mammoth donkey, and geese all over everywhere. Pippin the mother goose stretched her long neck out and nipped the boss coyote. He yipped in pain just as Bucky reared up on his hind legs, his horns flashing in the light. You're my dog now, Bucky pleaded, but before he could ram one of the coyotes, they turned and ran away. The weasels dashed after them. The lead weasel stopped long enough to shake a fist at Paula, then the smelly little creatures disappeared down the trail. We heard the commotion and figured somebody needed some help, Jack told Paula. I appreciate it, Paula said. Sorry to barge in like this on a holiday and all. Hootie stood up and shook his head. One wing trailed the ground. Tucker raced over to him. Mr. Hootie, are you okay? My wing is hurt, he said. This isn't good, but I wasn't going to let you get hurt if I could help it. Cobra chickens, take the flanks, Melanie said. The geese spread out on both sides of the trail, hissing and honking, looking for the weasels and the coyotes. There was no love lost between them. Happy Jack, check the trail. Mr. Owl, do you think you can get up on my back? Our humans can help you. Hootie hopped, then he shook his head. I can't do it. This just hurts. I got you covered, Paula said. She gently picked the owl up and placed him on the donkey's back. Hootie held on to the thick blanket over Melanie's shoulder. Let's go, Jack said. That looks like a bad break. Paula flew ahead to the wildman's house. The family was hanging lights on a crabapple tree when she zoomed in for a landing. Merry Christmas, everybody, she shouted. Merry Christmas, Paula, the wildman said. Miss Rhonda, get Paula some of those cookies she likes. No time, Paula said, and explained about Tucker, Hootie, and the coyotes. 
I'll call Miss Mary Ellen, Miss Rhonda said. Paula, I just got a call from Santa Claus, the wildman said. He's going to be here in a little bit, and he needs our help. I hope it's not more weasels, Paula said. Bring them on, Pippin hissed. An hour later, Tucker stared as a sleigh with nine reindeer silently flew down and landed on the road in front of the wildman's house. A friendly-looking man in a red suit and a huge white beard jumped down. All the animals began laughing and shouting. The wildman shook Santa's hand, and Miss Rowley gave him a hug. She had Hootie wrapped warm and snug in a big, thick towel. He would be on his way to Miss Mary Ellen's in the morning. Tucker slowly, bashfully walked over to the deer. They were different than he was, but they were friendly. One of them had a hurt foot. Hey, kid, one of the deer said. What's your name? Tucker, he said. The larger deer turned his head sideways and looked him over. Tucker, I'm Blitchin'. Well, that's what they call me now. It's more of a title. You have titles? What does that mean? Blitzen stretched and took a cookie from a little short man Paula said was an elf. Well, being Santa's reindeer is a lot of work. We ain't getting any younger. When one of us retires, the new guy or girl, said one reindeer, whose harness had the word vixen in big brass letters, or girl, Blitzen said. Anyway, the new reindeer gets the title of the one that's retiring. My full name is Bernard Blitzen the 16th. I'm Harry Dasher the 14th, another deer said. I'm just Rudolph, the deer in front said. Tucker's eyes grew big as he ba- and he backed up when Rudolph's nose suddenly lit up bright red. He laughed and the nose dimmed. It's a long story, Rudolph said. And the other deer laughed along with him. Santa and the wildman were looking closely at one of the reindeer's hooves. Santa, I'm sorry, sir. I should have seen that nail sticking up when we landed near the old house. It's not your fault, Prancer, Santa said, rubbing the deer's neck. At least it didn't hurt very badly. But you'll be all right, but you're off duty tonight. I don't know what we're going to do. Hey, boss, Blitzen said. I have an idea. He pointed at Tucker with his nose. Tucker found himself staring into the face of the man in the red suit. The man's eyes looked happy. Tucker wasn't scared at all. Hello, son, he said. Hello, sir. Do you know how to fly? No, sir, Santa chuckled. We can take care of that. I hear tell you don't exactly fit in with the other deer. No, sir. I know how that feels, Rudolph said, flashing his nose. I was there once, too. Santa rubbed Tucker's tiny antlers. You have some growing to do. Normally, I wouldn't ask someone as little as you to do this, but this is an emergency. How'd you like to join my team? Just on a probationary basis, of course, to see if you like it. A team? Tucker said. You don't mind that I don't know how to be a deer? Santa laughed deep and booming. We'll teach you how to be a reindeer, son. Never mind those other deer. You'll always have a family, Dancer said. It's a great job, Cupid said. And when we aren't working, we have great reindeer reindeer games, Rudolph hollered. It has to be your choice, Santa said. Tucker looked up and down the line, and he thought for a minute. And then he looked at Santa. Yes, sir, please. Santa put his arm around Tucker's neck. Welcome to the family, son. We might even be able to drop by and say hello to your girl, Lily. Merry Christmas, everybody, all the reindeer called. Paula hovered over the sleigh, her red cape fluttering in the wind, and she smiled. Merry Christmas, indeed. And we'll be right back with more of the Columbus Connection. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation, 
billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 800-741-5819. 800-741-5819. That's 800-741-5819. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver. Merry Christmas to you. We're going to read you the real Christmas story now. From the Gospel of Luke. In the time of Herod the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees shameless, blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. When the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar. And Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you do not believe my words. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, wondering why he had stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When the time of his service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he's shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. This kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your answer, or may your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now at the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she proclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises. Now in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, since he belonged to the house and lineage of David, who went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting their child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby heaping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Then a great company of the heavenly host appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to men. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds were amazed, and they said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now we're going to move over to the book of Matthew. In chapter 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you found him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went over them, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, 
they return to their country by another route. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, for to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We at WTXY and Columbus County News want to sincerely thank you for your support, not just over this year, but over the past three years. We hope to be with you for a long time to come. We also hope you take the time this weekend to remember what this holiday is truly about, how Jesus Christ came to this world to be the ultimate gift for all mankind, to bring forgiveness of sin, eternal life, and love. Merry Christmas, folks. This has been the Columbus Connection with Jefferson Weaver. If you have a story that you want to share with us or a comment on a previous program, you can email us at columbusconnection at columbuscountynews.com. The Columbus Connection is produced by Jones Media Partners, and the program is recorded live at the WTXY Studios in downtown Whiteville, North Carolina. Our in-studio producer is Daryl Jackson. Be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Columbus Connection. Thanks for listening.